to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total protonic reversal. Protonic reversal. Protonic reversal with Conan Neutron and Josh Davis. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rock about music, rock and roll, and corporate power. thing is, though... If you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree to shop in NATO. Confidence of a hero or a fool. I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. It's a real word that you still go my life to. That's okay. It means it. It means it. That's like a science thing, right? Damn right. Science thing. It's a science place. It's a scientific fact. We are in your face here at the home of the one and only. Photonic reversal. Welcome to the show. Without further ado, today we have uh, Mr. Cody Willis of the band Big Business, Murder City Devils, Melvin's Dead Low Tide, uh, Q Time, (laughs) so on and so on, ad infinitum. Uh, Amazing dude. Been wanting to have him on for years and years. And I'm really glad that we're able to make that happen now. So uh, we're going to be playing a couple songs off of their new record. Uh, We're going to play one of them right now. And this is going to be before before we actually have Cody on. We're going to play you one of the songs. Then we're going to connect up with Cody right before they leave on their U.S. tour for the new record, The Beast You Are. The Beast You Are. This is uh, Time and Heat. Time and Heat, everybody. I'm in here. Oh, 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 
phone right now, we have none other than the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Cody Willis. Hello, sir. How are you? Hey, Conan. How's it going? Very good. You're a busy man. You got, <laughs> you've got a lot of stuff going on. You're you're about to be on tour, right? To, today, I'm a busy man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, we got our first show of tour tonight in Long Beach. Uh, so just all the... Got to pick up the van from the auto shop and, and organize all the merch and load up all the gear and get all, all the crew together. So it's it's all going down today. And of course, in our personal timeline, it is the, uh, it is the 11th of April and is the day before the Beast You Are is officially released tomorrow by Joyful Noise Records. Joyful that Noise? Is, Sorry. <laughs> it's a mouthful. It's a mouthful. Uh, that's your sixth record, right? Am I counting it's correctly? It's our six full length, yeah. Six full length record, not counting uh, tour EPs, EPs, singles, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Correct. I, I was actually uh, we were we were just listening to it. It's pretty great. Uh, it's thanks. It's pretty great, huh? All right. <laughs> that's not a that's not a qualified statement. <laughs> I, I mean, I would actually say it, it's amongst your best, and it's interesting for a lot of folks that maybe haven't fo- been following the big business story the entire time that I, it's it's just you and Jared. Uh, that's right again now right yes and there's I, I think it's it's definitely got the sort of propulsive power that people have come to love from the big biz but there's also you know there, there's some if not baroqueness to it there's definitely you know it's it's not necessarily like a stripped down like here's a mic up in the in the practice room style recording at all like it, it's a very well um, orchestrated if you will yeah yeah uh we we put a lot of thought into the production of it and we had uh our friend phil becker who phil becker yep. from uh, triclops uh, lower 48 uh l studio yep yep, yep. uh pins of light great ju- pins of light <laughs> uh terry now terry gross terry with, uh, gross phil manley yes. from yes. trans am uh, uh uh they're a great band we're gonna be playing with them in san francisco they should have called it phil and phil sound system they missed an opportunity there but not what well the hindsight's 2020 i guess <laughs> right, exactly uh, uh uh yeah he and phil did a great job and put a lot of thought into the the production and how we were recording the drums and the bass and uh we used the room a whole lot so we had a lot of options we got to a lot of stuff to pick and choose from if you wanted the stuff to sound really close up or if we wanted the air in the room for different things so it was really fun to mix and to uh, uh set all that up and, and get the sounds and make it sound as big as we wanted to well and it does have a really full sound and i think that's something that maybe people that only have seen you live wouldn't necessarily uh immediately think of although now I, there's definitely more <laughs> the gear quotient is, is definitely high enough that now that i think it it makes more sense but being you know two beast man there's a lot of there's less room for cover uh, in a live environment, right? Like it, it's sort of, <laughs> um, yeah, I guess so. But it also, the flip side of that is it also allows each individual ingredient to be bigger to kind of do their thing more. Yeah. 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 So like, you know, instead of like, uh, uh, like in the mix where you're, you know, trying to get the drums to fit into this certain spot or try and, you know, make sure you can hear everything, you know, you can uh, expand everything a little bit more. So the bass can be bigger. The vocals can be bigger. The drums can be bigger. Uh, just to take up all that space. So, it, true, uh, uh, mistakes are a lot more glaring, and and that's a fact. But uh, on the other side of the coin, uh, everything gets a little bit more room to uh, to do its thing. So, have that's its, fun. Have its time in the light, so to speak. Sure. Well, and it's it's interesting to me because I mean, big business has always been 
a difficult band to describe. You're very idiosyncratic and, and unique, which is not always immediately rewarded, might be the best way to put it, uh, as, far, <laughs> as far as being something that is immediately parsable. Like, you know, you're not a band that like, oh, yeah, that band sounds like this record of Black Sabbath, or that band sounds like exactly like this. Like, you have your own thing mm-hmm. going on. And, you know, with the sixth record... You know, I think it was you started having guitar on the second record, if I remember correctly. I might, I might be remembering. We did. We we put some. I mean, there was actually some guitar on the first record, right? Uh, 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 we had some some guest stars come in. That's and, right. And play. Mem- that's right. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. Memory is a harsh mistress. No, it's okay. Uh, uh, but yeah, like, and, and the second record, uh, David Scott Stone played guitar on that. Sir DSS, yes. But but then he was not able to. We we had every intention that he would be. Uh, uh, the third member of the band, but that just didn't end up panning out. Like he, he didn't want to do, he had other plans anyway. And uh, uh, so it wasn't until the next, the next record that we actually got uh, uh, Toshi as a full-time The man that the legend, Toshi Kasai. Yes, Toshi Kasai, uh, producer extraordinaire. He, he does all the, uh, the Melvin's records and, uh, a lot of other stuff too. He's a, he's an excellent, excellent uh, record producer and recorder. Um. So yeah, I mean, like, uh, uh, I think we did a pretty good job of confusing people uh, uh, in the, in the interim there, like as to who was in the band and what right. we were all about and what what it was actually. But uh, uh, I I feel pretty good about this one. I feel like we've gotten to the point now where we've we've stuck around long enough to have kind of like carved out our own little thing and people are familiar, more familiar now with what it is that we do and who we are. So we don't really have to, uh, explain it as much or try to put, uh, uh, right. A really fine point on it, what it is that we do or who we're, what our influences are and what it is we're trying to, to be. So that feels good. It's, it's nice to not have to, uh, explain ourselves quite so much at this point. Well, I mean, from an outside perspective, it definitely seems like, you've developed you, you've developed the the trust that you just have your own voice and that that's going to be something that people either know or they don't you know but it's going to be something yeah. where yeah like like you said that there there's less preamble required because the people that know know and the people that don't maybe they're at a clutch show and they get there <laughs> and they get really surprised yeah 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 <laughs> to- oh totally yeah because you were well, just uh, on tour with clutch and that was definitely not your normal crowd i would i would say right for the most part no, and that was the whole point of us doing that tour. Really, it was uh, uh, getting in front of some people that we wouldn't normally uh, uh, be in front of, you know, and and they weren't there to see us. And it was uh, uh, liberating and fun, actually, to you know know that every night we're playing in front of a, somebody who's never has no idea who we are, right. what we've done, where we're coming from. So, you know, being able to see the reaction based solely on our performance that night and like talk to people afterward, it was really interesting and fun. And like people were, you know, like some people got it right away and really liked it. And some people were confused that there was only two of us. And, uh, but, <laughs> right, yeah. but it wasn't, the lead you know, guitar player? <laughs> it really wasn't, uh, uh, I, I expected a lot more blank stares and, and, and the actual response across the board was a, a lot more favorable than I thought it than I was prepared for, I F- guess. Like, fairly welcoming. Uh, 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 so I, that was encouraging and, and fun. And I, I feel like we, you know, it, it, it is, it is fun to play in front of people who know your band and know the songs. And, but it is really like, uh, uh gratifying to 
go where you haven't been before, I guess, and, and, and play circle. in front of people that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was cool. I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we we got to do that, and it was nice of those guys to bring us out. Did you did you think that the the puzzled trucker trucker hat wearing quotient was lower than you thought that was going to be originally, or did you feel it was about the same? Or, uh, I I don't know. Like, I, I definitely felt like the crowd was generally a little bit older than than we yeah. would normally play that to. Tracks. That tracks. Uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, it I, I don't know. It's not like what we do is is so mystifying that they couldn't get into it or anything like that. It's still like, rock you know, music, yeah. Exactly. It's still really loud rock and roll music. <laughs> maybe some heavy metal thrown in there. So, uh, yeah, it was fun. It, it was cool, and everybody was really nice. So this is the the second full length that you've done a joyful noise. Uh, Commander Weather, I think, was like a like a split split um, dual release. What do you? I can't, even, I can't use my words today. Sorry. So it's called a joint release. Joint release, um, thank you. <laughs> yeah, and and this one is as well. This one is as well. Like the the way we have it set up is, you know, we we are on our side of it, on our label side of it. We're paying for the recording. We're taking care of every, everything on that side of it. So we're going in without any like the, the record label isn't giving us an advance to record the record or anything like that. We're taking care of all that ourselves. So mm-hmm. uh, it's just more of an equal split down the down the road. And how did you uh, how did you end up getting hooked up with Carl and company down in good old Indiana? Uh, we met Carl in Indianapolis. He came to a show. I forget. I don't know if it was a Melvin. Show. It might have been a Melvin show. But we ended up having a, a a drink with Carl, and he was a fan. And I also did a, a record with Joe Plummer and Dale oh, called Hugh time was, yeah, a, uh, right. so that was kind of my introduction to joyful noise. Uh, they put out that, the drum record that we, the three of us did, uh, Toshi recorded that one too. And, uh, he, yeah, like later just expressed interest in maybe doing some big business stuff. And we kind of didn't have a, uh, uh, another thing in mind as a, a previous label had folded. So, right. And we kind of at that point had also resigned ourselves that like it doesn't matter what label we're going to be on, we are going to be the misfit band on that label. Like we're not going, <laughs> we don't fit in with. So it kind of seemed perfect because they have kind of an eclectic roster and yeah, uh, they do all kinds of stuff and uh, weird stuff and 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 stuff we wouldn't normally be associated with. So it was like ah, this might be perfect. You know, this will let us be who we are a little bit more, and we're not like on a label that's all metal bands or that you know trying to shoehorn shoehorn us into the genre that we don't really belong with uh you know it, it, it i like playing with all like all kinds of different kinds of bands and i like knowing that we can play with all different kinds of bands mm-hmm. and, and uh do all that stuff so it's it made more sense to us to have a uh have hope that we would are would be carving out our own little little pocket of what we do well, of course. for ourselves. Which, you know? which, you've, which um, you've been doing from, you know, just being you and touring and, and making records for a long time. But yeah. yeah, in this case, you're in a situation where, okay, there's like Deerhoof records and tropical fuck storm records and, you know, mm-hmm. Lou Barlow mm-hmm. records. And there's also big business records. And it's just, it, it's kind of, it's weird because I think people have kind of uh, locked into this idea of the genre label. Like here's the heavy label, the noise rock label, whatever. But right. if, if the correlating factor is good, <laughs> that seems yeah. to work for me anyway. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something for everybody. Well, totally. And in something that's um and again, harkening back to what we were talking about earlier, 
Big Business has a unique voice. Like, it's idiosyncratic. You definitely have, like, bands that you seem to share an affinity for, and maybe, like, there's some crossover audience-wise, uh, you know, your Torch, like, your Red Fang, things like that. But it's mm-hmm. always, to me, kind of come from a little more kind of equal interest in, you know, heaviness and, like, Devo, and, and like, a little more, <laughs> like, a little a little more outside, like, the uh, the the approved... <laughs> check mark of uh heavy band influences which makes it interesting to me yeah i mean we, we i mean we like all kinds of stuff you know and like the way jared sings the way he phrases things uh adds a really unique element to what we do i think uh uh i, I can't think of anybody else who sings like he does and and phrases his melodies and stuff right uh I, every time we write a song it's always exciting to me to like I never know how it's actually going to turn out. Like once he finally puts down his, uh, his vocal parts over, uh, you know, the song that we've practiced over and over and over again. And I think of in a certain way and then the vocals go down and it completely changes how I see the song, how I hear the song. And so it's, it's always, I always have this idea in my head of what I think he's going to do. And it's never that <laughs> it's always something, <laughs> it's always something totally different. different. Yeah. But it's always, and so at first, I, I mean, I've had knee jerk reactions, honestly, to like, he's, you know, put something down and, and I've been like, I totally don't like this. I, I hate this. Like, I hate this part. Like I, I don't, this isn't how I heard the song and we worked really hard on this and now you're doing this to it. And I feel like I've, I've been shanghaied here. And then, like a week later, I can't hear the song any other way, and it's right. like, oh no, that's actually, <laughs> that's actually perfect. Yeah, you're, you know, you've thought about this. It, it actually fits perfectly, and it, it's really cool. And and uh, so it's yeah, just learning to like, learning to trust each other is 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 invaluable in that. And he he always does a really good job, and he's always really thoughtful about how that all goes down. So it's it's a. Uh, it's part of the the fun part about being in a band, I guess, is like watching the song like take on its own shape and its own life, and it becomes something else than what you originally intended. And it's amazing. It's 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 one of the the, the joys of playing music with other people, I guess. Well, it seems like you guys have had that like telepathy that basically comes from playing with someone for so long, where you can just pick pick things up and make it like instantly symbiotic. Uh, which you know a lot of bands strive for, and maybe they never quite get there. And and perhaps it's it's easier just because the way you guys started off, it was just it was just you two. Yeah, uh, yeah. And you know that <laughs> you pretty much don't like again. As I said, you don't really have much else to rely on. You're going to be listening very intently to what the other person is doing because it's it's a tag team. It's a you know it's not it's not something where you have an army behind you necessarily. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Like I mean, we have to you know, play together and, uh, uh, be a band, you know, which, yeah, again, you, you think that'd be a little more obvious, but not, <laughs> not always. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, like I, I, it, it's, it's weird talking to, uh, uh, I don't know. Over the years I've seen, uh, um, I've seen different bands that I know like start out and they're, you know, like four guys or five guys, doing their thing and you can tell that they've been playing together. They've known each other for a really long time and there's a total chemistry there. And they're this like collective that this collective idea that happens and it's awesome. And then maybe like years down the road as things go one way or another, maybe one person in the band starts piecing out, like, like maybe the drummer gets replaced and then maybe one more person gets replaced and like whoever they replace them with might be 
a super stud razor sharp player, but it's just not quite the same, you know, like, and, and, uh, it's weird to see that happen. It's weird to see like that tipping point where this band had this like cohesive, like chemistry. And then like you take one or two ingredients out and all of a sudden it's not there anymore. And it's totally this other thing. Um, so that, I don't know. It changes we're, we're, the formula and don't get me wrong. Yeah, Obviously yeah. I'm a huge fan of that, but, <laughs> but, oh, right, right, right. It's, but it's it doesn't true, work for true. everyone. And like, that's kind of baked into the motif for, for, uh, for, for my concerns. But yeah, it, it is something where, and it isn't necessarily that's bad. This is different. You know, like if, if you mm-hmm. have, if, if a cohesive band identity and cohesive band kind of lexicon changes, you have di- somebody different in there, it's going to change and you have to, Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. You have, yeah, you have yeah. To deal with that. Yep. So when you had, you know, when you had Toshi and uh, Dave Scott Stone and Scott playing with you, did you feel that big business changed kind of cohesively when they were more involved in the recording as a live unit? Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, it was different. It was like learning each, each of those guys had a totally different style and a totally different approach to, you know, uh, bringing what they had to the table, uh, uh, what we were already doing. So it was, you know, with each of those guys, there was like a, a, a break in period and, and like kind of figuring out where everything was going to sit. Sure. So, uh, and it was all different. So, um, yeah. And it, yeah, I mean, it did obviously change like the dynamic in the band, uh, one way or another. So that was kind of like it, it they're going through all that and then coming back at the end of it all to being a two piece again, like enough time had passed since we had played in that configuration that it was like, it was almost like starting over again. Like it was like a fresh start. Really? And, and yeah, I mean, it was familiar, but it was also like, ah, like having played with all these different people and having, you know, changed the band so many times and gone through all these different phases, it kind of threw into uh, contrast, like what we did originally. And it, I don't know, it kind of reminded us of what was strong about our band in the first place and, and what we could do to, uh, make it make it a a a complete thing you know just on our own so it was it was cool so did you find that kind of going back to like older songs was helpful or did it seem like like weird because it just seemed like it like it was a different time or was it writing new material like because the commander weather stuff was the first one back as a two-piece if i'm I'm remembering correctly right yeah that's right yeah so was it easier just to write new stuff or was it like kind of like slipping on a glove when you went back to songs that you started with as a two piece? Um, no, it, it was easier to write new stuff. I mean, we had to do uh, a couple tours as a two piece again. So that kind of like, you know, we were forced to like learn how to play even the newer songs that were written as a three piece as a two piece. Um, and it was fine. And like going back to that was, it didn't, it didn't feel that weird. It kind of just felt like, okay, we'll just, you do this over here, I'll do this over here, and it'll kind of, you know, rub some Vaseline on the camera lens, and it, it'll, you know, you get the idea. Like, <laughs> right, it's, right. it's it, it'll come across as what it's supposed to be. Um, so, like, after we figured out that that could work, uh, uh, it was exciting to think about writing new songs as a two-piece and, add, like, what we could do, just the two of us, to, to make it more complete, you know? Well, from again, from the outside perspective, it almost seems like when you came back to do that, you came back with a almost more evolved idea of what the band could be and the things that you could bring into it and still have it very much sound yeah. like you. Yeah, I guess that's what I was trying to say. Like the the point, uh, like all the whatever the journey we went on with uh, uh, making all those records with all the those different guys and stuff like that. I think it really like 
in the end kind of left us more informed about uh what it is that we do well and what we can do uh just the two of us uh so it felt it felt right to come back to that and and as much as i like uh, commander weather i think this this album definitely feels like there's almost like a, a there's a really big excitement sort of feel to the whole thing like even though the songs vary in tone like it's not like it's very uniform but it definitely has a sort of oh we kind of figured out how to like level up in this certain way and try this try this different stuff here and guess what it's working out pretty well like it's a good it's a really interesting mood uh good awesome it, it, it doesn't seem confused like in any way shape or form it seems very much like you guys are like right right where you want to be at least from yep, a listener's uh, perspective cool uh, that's that's kind of how we felt making it like uh uh uh, I felt like we were really prepared going in there and we knew what we wanted to do and we knew what each of the songs was supposed to do. And, uh, we came out. Uh, yeah, I felt, I felt confident. It didn't feel like there was too much, uh, uh, exploratory studio time going on. Like it was more just trying to get in everything that we wanted to get in in the time we had. Not too much uh, uh, grasping at straws or, or, or stabbing in the dark. Like uh, we had a pretty good idea about uh, how we wanted everything to go. Right. And, yeah. And then Phil's, uh, you know, Phil's coming at it from a place of, you know, knowing the music very well, knowing you guys, and being mm-hmm. a very, very good engineer as well. So that also yeah. helps. <laughs> El Studio is a great studio. No, he was great. He was a. Uh, we we had been sending him demos and stuff as the songs were getting written, so he was up on all that and had a bunch of ideas on on how to you know convey this mood or use the room for this effect for this part of the song and and all that. So it was it was great to have him as like a third uh, brain uh, and coming at it from that perspective, where the technical uh, aspect of it, where he was adding this other dimension to all the songs and everything and and things we didn't think of and. Uh, ways to uh ways to put certain things across from a from a recording perspective i guess that he did a great job it was a total pleasure working with him and uh i would do it again in a second it was awesome nice and uh if i remember right it was um uh, commander weather was was dave dave did that one yep right uh uh, dave Dave curran did that one and we did that one out in uh uh, the studio in uh joshua tree Okay. And it was, that was really fun record to make too. That was a really cool location. And, uh, uh, it was called Gato's trail. Um, and it's, you can, you can book time there if you wanted to record there. And it's, it's out in the middle of uh, Yucca Valley. So it's, it's literally just in the middle of this flat pan, Joshua trees everywhere, desert. Yep. Uh, it's a, it's a really cool isolated place to like hunker down and, and make music. It's awesome. Well, and that one had a more almost, like isolated feel to it as well. Like, like in a good way, like it almost kind of, it almost felt like the, uh, like the sound, of the studio sort of informed, uh, how, how the music came out. And so I don't know hmm. how, how much of that doesn't it be like total coincidence or what, but from my perspective anyway, that's, yeah. that's what that came with. Okay. That could just be you projecting onto <laughs> our, our rack. I, I don't know. I don't get that at all, man. What are you talking about? Uh, uh, no, co- I, yeah, sure. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> According to uh, listener feedback, I do that a lot. Anyway, so <laughs> uh, the quadruple EP that you guys did back in uh, oh, God, it must have been twenty eleven or something, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There was a very popular song sure. there called "Guns" okay. that the, the fans uh-huh. really like, and you guys played it for a long time, and then you 
changed it slightly and then you stopped playing it. And was that something that was for a specific messaging reason? Was it just because you moved on as a band from... Nah, I just... It, there's not a... I mean, the song is... I mean, there's not a whole lot to the song, really. Uh, right. Uh, I, I just... I don't think it was... <laughs> Phasing, sorry, phasing that one out. I don't think was a reaction to anything more than we had other more interesting songs we felt we wanted to play. Like it, it's kind of a one note song, uh, and it does its thing, whatever. But we just we would rather spend the short time we have in a live show playing stuff that uh, we feel is more interesting and and fun for us. I guess we're very selfish that way. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, well, I mean, that's, that's hey, it's, it, it, yeah. it, it makes sense to me, man. Well, and yeah. it's, how do you look at, how do you look at the back catalog? Cause at this point, six records, man, like, I mean, that's, that's a lot of stuff to pull from. And that's not even counting the fact that you probably want to favor the new stuff that you're most excited about too. And ready to unleash on the world. Yeah, it's cool. It, it's a, uh, uh, there's a lot there that, you know, it, be, it might be fun to like revisit someday. And, uh, I'm glad that we have that stuff to pull, pull from or whatever, but, uh, Yeah for now it's it's i'm proud of all of them like all the records we did like some of them came off the way we wanted them to some of them didn't but uh they were all records that i guess we needed to make at the time even the ones that didn't quite get to where we wanted it to be it was uh just the fact that we were reaching as hard as we could to do that and we needed to kind of figure out what our limits were and uh what we could and couldn't do so each one had its purpose and was an important thing for us to do Right. Well, that's that's a really good way to look at it. I mean, so do you find yourself like when you're making the set list? Is it? Do you ever think about pulling back some of the some of the deep cuts or some of the more you know obscure ones necessarily, or is it something where you you don't want to think about that much? Uh, sometimes uh, when we make a set, it's more you know we're kind of focused on where we are now and I guess what flows the best and like what makes the best show you know like dynamically that. Uh, so, you know, obviously there's certain songs that are more atmospheric that we've done uh, and slower that maybe might not translate that well to a live setting or we haven't figured it out yet, but, uh, I, I wouldn't be opposed to, uh, doing any old song at some point, but, uh, it, it's just hard to do when you're, you know, making new stuff all the time that you're excited <laughs> right, about. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to like go back and <laughs> let's play this obscure, weird, you know, B-side track and, two guys will know what it is and it'll be yeah. awesome. And those two guys will yeah. be really stoked, but yeah, everyone else yeah. will be confused. <laughs> mm -hmm. So as far as the more of the integration and you've been doing it for a while, but more of the integration with uh, beyond just the bass, but the keyboard stuff as well. I mean, obviously logistically that adds a lot, you know, more gear and more setup and, and whatnot. But do you feel like that sort of expanded the scope of what you can kind of present as this band beyond just, Oh yeah, this is band and, yeah, the drummer hits hard and is really crazy, and the bass is crazy, and it's it sounds like you know conquering warlords, you know going, coming across on a boat on a lake, which is a real thing somebody said about you guys oh. once, and I thought that was great. <laughs> all right, all right, I like uh, it. but it allows you to be more sort of expressive and with the keyboards, uh, kind of more expressive and like create different moods, right? I mean, it, 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 was that something where that took some adjustment or is that something you were like, no, we need to be able to do something beyond this. Let's try this out. Yeah. I mean, we're always trying to, uh, it's kind of like writing that, that line between like, I don't think either of us wants to get to a point where we're completely dependent on all this gear. 
to like do like like we've always stayed away from like sequencers and and stuff like that like i guess we're trying to stay away from anything that should it fail like we should still be able to play the song or play the show you know what i mean like uh that said like you know like uh jared's uh uh incorporation of he has a, a looper pedal like a vocal looper. yeah yeah it's like a ditto pedal and that that kind of like sort of a game changer for us in terms of like building harmonies and and being able to fill out space with his voice and let that become its own instrument that we're in it we're playing it live you know we're playing to it as he as he's creating it so it's not like we're playing to like a, a pre-recorded thing that if the cd skips or if that thing fails like the song is over and we can't continue so it's uh it's fun to be able to play with that stuff live and it's it's minimal in terms of a, a like setup time and and, and gear and it's just, it's like another instrument he can play um so that was huge and like obviously there's like the drum bells that add like yep. a different voice to everything and then having the keyboard uh is also great because it's it's something that he can just switch over you know, unplug his bass, plug in the keyboard. It's still coming through all the stuff, so we're good to go right away. So, e- ease of use is is huge for us, and and not a. a we're just scared of, I, I guess, not scared, but like I, I don't have any uh, grand aspirations of incorporating a bunch of sequencing gear and and programming stuff and having to play to a click live and and that kind of all sounds like a drag to me i'd rather it's a choir and uh... <laughs> yeah 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 like uh, uh you know leaving leaving room for improvisation has always been a, a huge thing for us and and trying to keep it as live as possible and trying to keep the set alive as possible and not like uh we're playing to the exact you know tempo and the exact specifications of the recorded version of that song Right, and and you mentioned the uh, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I I'm a guitar player, so I can't tell you what those things are called. Those things, those kind of musical percussion things you got, you, you've been hitting those things for a while. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're called they're called blossom bells, right. and uh, uh, this guy Pete Inglehart makes them. And and that's something that did you originally bring that in? Is just sort of like, oh, this is a way to sort of like make this make the percussion kind of a little more musical and kind of give it a little bit of a a little no, bit of a different was- feel. It was as simple as I was in the drum shop and I saw it and I thought it looked super cool. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, that's mine now. And I bought it and messed around with it. And we ended up writing some songs around it. Um, but yeah, they're, 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 they're really cool. They're great. I, 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 I can't, uh, they're homemade, you know, they're, they're steel. So they're kind of like, uh, they're very unique. They're always not always exactly true to their note. So they're a little, depending on the, the, the batch or the version you get, they can be a little wonky sounding sharp or flat, but sometimes it, it works with the song. So it's just kind of, it is, it is its own thing. And, uh, uh, it's really fun to play around with. Well, and it makes it unique too. It makes it like a unique thing that yeah. I can't think of many bands that, that, that use those, but certainly not ones where it would be like featured so prominently just because, the arrangement oftentimes lends itself for that. And, uh, you know, that's another thing that, you know, bands, bands that have, uh, maybe pot puns as their name aren't necessarily going to be able to pull off or wouldn't think to pull off. Uh, and, <laughs> and that makes, that's interesting yeah, for somebody I, like me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's fun to do that. Like one thing about like being in the Melvins is like, those guys are, uh, 
watching those guys, it's like they're not afraid to try anything. Like they're not, they don't have any rules about what they can or can't do. Or as long as like the the intent is there, like that that feeling behind the song or whatever, like anything goes. You know, any way, any tools you can use to put that across. You know, every everything's fair game. So it was with that in mind, like being able to like you know pick something up and and incorporate that into the song somehow just having that freedom is is it's really fun and it can really uh yeah like those for example like those bells there's six notes to choose from so you're working with a super limited palette of things you can do you're not sitting at a keyboard that has 88 notes to choose from you have six (laughs) and you have to figure out a way to make that into a song and sometimes when you have that limited palette it yields some crazy ideas and you have to work with what you have and you end up doing things that you wouldn't think of to do normally. So it's, it's fun to put yourself in those positions too. It's like, whatever. It's kind of like, uh, Brian Eno and his oblique strategy. Right, yeah, I was going to say, so, just so gonna so say oblique like, strategies. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly yeah, yeah, what yeah. I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, so, and uh, you know, hark me back to that uh, as far as, you know, with, with all the records that you, you've made with, uh, Dale and Buzz and the Melvins, you and Jared, was that the first time you'd ever played two drums at the same time, like as a in a band as a ongoing entity? Uh, yeah, that's kind of yeah. crazy, right? I mean, I guess that's not a question; that's more of a statement. But <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was it was a uh, you know how do you how obviously... did you approach how do you guys approach that? And I'm, I'm this has probably been covered elsewhere, but it's never been covered with me, so that's uh, that's okay. Well, when they asked us to join the band, they sent us a. Uh, a CD with like a, a a fake set on it, like you know, like song. Mm-hmm. It was like ten songs across the board, like old songs, newer songs. Uh, and so Jared and I spent a couple of weeks learning all that and trying to figure that out. And then uh, uh, I think the first step was just getting in the room together and seeing if we could play drums at the same time without it sounding like a gigantic train wreck, <laughs> like uh, without uh, it sounding uh, like uh, the drum and, room at Guitar Center or something. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I, I mean, like obviously, I'm I'm familiar with Dale and his style, and he was a really big influence on me when I was learning how to play drums, and and uh, how he approached it was a, a total mind blower for me. Uh, so I was familiar with kind of like how how he does things a little bit. He still is a one of a kind drummer. Like he still makes choices that blow my mind and I, yep. I wouldn't ever think to do that. And I think you can ever teach anybody that sort of thing, but I was familiar enough with his style that I could kind of land where he landed and, and I kind of knew where he was going with everything and I sort of knew the song. So, uh, we figured out right away that we could play together at least and have it sound, uh, somewhat tight. And then from that point, it was just, uh, trying to figure out ways to make two drummers make sense and, and make it, uh, make it work, you know, decide when to play together and when to improvise and when to, uh, uh, do different things. Yeah. Like when it has the most impact, if you unison certain things up, when it has more impact, if there's like one doing one and one doing the other, where it doesn't sound like yeah, a racket. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, way. or unless, unless we wanted it to sound like a racket at right. certain points, <laughs> exactly. which, which we did. So uh, all rackets intentional. Yeah. All, it was all fair game, but yeah, it was really fun. And, uh, those guys really like from the get go, uh, uh, gave us their full confidence and that was really, uh, refreshing and, uh, awesome. And I'll, I'll always be grateful to those guys for that. They always let us be ourselves and trusted us to play what we wanted to play within the structure of the song and everything. And, uh, uh, it really felt great to have someone that you looked up to so much 
you know, believe in you and, and, and give you their vote of confidence and let you do your thing. Sure. Was, it was great. Yeah. Well, and it's, I mean, that's something where, you know, they have this sort of flying circus of like different lineups and people that they're playing with now. And it kind of, I imagine that's got to be interesting for them as well to be able to just have the input of people that they trust and that they like mm-hmm. that bring what they do to it. And that's something where it seems like a symbiotic sort of thing. For sure. Yeah. I mean, do you feel that not the, you know, obviously big business is incredibly busy, but like, is that something where you think that's, that's in the past now or is that something where you think you could get together with them and do another record and that'd be, I don't, I mean, it's, it's not up to us, you know, like, uh, that's, I have no idea what those guys have coming up or what their future plans are or anything like that. But, uh, and until that question arises, we're going to just keep doing our own thing and, and we'll see what happens. Well, and that's, you know, probably the best way to go about it for sure. But it's definitely something that, you know, in absence of, of of information, of which neither band necessarily is going to telegraph exactly what they're thinking all the time, and that's fine. People come up with all kinds of theories and uh, bizarre, <laughs> bizarre fan fiction. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they're coming up with. But. Do, do do tell. Do, 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 have you heard anything good? Uh, not really. It's all pretty uh, good. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then also, you know, Murder Shade Devils continues to kind of do stuff in this sort of strange post life life that uh you know it, it seems like infrequent but interesting maybe adventure based almost it is it is it's fun it's uh uh like all those guys are are we were so young when we did that band and what we went through in that band uh shaped the people that we all became later right, right. uh so like i'm kind of like tied to those guys in a certain way forever they're they're very it's it's a very family feeling vibe and everything goes with family like uh i'm very proud of everybody that's in that band and like the people they turned out to be uh uh it's always really good to see all those guys and and get to catch up a little bit and i'm glad we get to do a handful of shows a year and and hang out and catch up and play music together because like we were talking about before there is that collective chemistry that like when we yeah. play those songs again it feels right it feels good and it's totally different than the chemistry i have like with jared like it's, yeah. it's a completely completely different physicality completely different uh, uh mental state and it all is in your brain still hiding out somewhere and it's it's crazy how that combination of people can just like bring that out again and it, and it all feels like it was yesterday you know playing with those guys so well and it's fun and, and I, I would love to uh uh it's just fun goofing around with those guys you know and and, right. and everybody it's fun to do the shows again i didn't mean to cut you off but like everybody in that band is like 20 times the musician they used to be when yeah. that band was actually active right, right. so it, it is it is really like it is really like second nature to play those songs, but it's like the, the, the touch and the feel that everybody like puts on, like having the experience that they have now, it's like, Oh, it's, it's almost effortless and it, it feels great. It's really fun. And, and Spencer is like one of my favorite, uh, I know I'm biased, but he's just one of my favorite front men of all oh, time. He's a like in the best watching him. way. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, I've never met anybody like that guy in my entire life. And I love watching him do his thing. He's like it's the- hard to play it. It's hard to play sometimes and watch when he's really on fire and he's really doing something. Right. I, 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 every time he'll do something, I'm like, I've never seen him do that before. And it's always like watching him to make sure that like 
he doesn't get lost in the crowd or he doesn't like do something. I like, I hope he doesn't hurt himself. He never, he never seems to hurt himself miraculously enough, but, uh, yeah, I, I love watching him do his thing. It's awesome. Yeah, I feel like uh, I, one of the reunion shows I saw in Seattle, I turned to my friend and just said, you know, Spencer's like the dictionary definition of wild card. But I mean that as a compliment. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just never sure. know. Never know what that dude is going to be up to in a good way. Uh, it's the best way. Well, and and just uh, on, on that point, it's interesting to me, too, just everybody's stuff that they did post-Murder Shade Devils, like where that all kind of went different directions everyone kind of expanded off in these different ways uh-huh. and you know developed in different ways and tried different stuff and but then also to see it come back and just yeah from from the outsider's perspective from the perspective of a listener and a fan it you know if anything it maybe was a little better <laughs> than it was the first time i mean in, in a certain some ways uh, i mean uh, as having a first person perspective of it uh, uh the shows we've been playing we like it's a million times better than, than I guess like this, it's not exactly the same thing as when we were all trying to destroy ourselves completely. <laughs> and, and we right. more often than not, we're on the verge of blacking out. Uh, yeah. uh, Cause we were drinking like maniacs yeah, and yeah, yeah. not sleeping ever. And generally being terrible to each other. Uh, uh, but it, 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 you know, it's like, guys, it's, it's I, I feel really uh, fortunate to have had all that experience with those guys and, and to have that thing where I know that anytime we're in a place together, like when we play, it, it's going to be just like it used to be and, and yeah. everybody's going to do their job. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a very special thing that uh, uh, I think a lot of people don't get to experience. That. And it's, I, I feel uh, very lucky. That's all. Well, and it also feels like it's the kind of band that, you know, every year there's someone that's going to discover that for the first time and it's not going to, you know, it's not going to sound dated. It's, 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 it's basically, you know, punk infused rock and roll. So it's going to, it's going to connect with new people all the time. And it's kind of nice to have that be a constant concern that you can see it. And that's, that's, that's a, I think that's a really neat thing that usually comes with a much, much more of a stigma and uh, more of a, oh, yeah. it's the such and such reunion. And they're doing the, you know, it's just, I like that you guys kind of eschewed that completely and just sort of did it for yourselves and the people that care about it. And, and I don't know, I, I, there, there aren't a lot of bands that have pulled that off. So I think that's actually laudable and notable. No, oh, thanks, man. So it's, it's, it's fun for us. So it's not, you know, it, it, it's it's all it's it's fun to be able to do that and we all get to make a little bonus money that we would normally wouldn't be making right. and there's there's just nothing bad about it at all that i can see so you got some shows with sleep coming up we and, do in fact i think i'm going to see one of them which is which is great and that's actually awesome that's even that's a band that although sound wise it isn't necessarily the same thing or whatever it really is like oh yeah that makes a lot of sense like having having those two bands together like i think that'll be something very welcoming for everybody yeah we we those guys asked us to play with them this last new year's eve in san francisco and yeah you never really know how it's going to go i guess it seems like it might make sense on pe- paper and then like you do it and it just doesn't work somehow but it was really fun. I, I felt like it was a good match. It was a good bill. Um, and we've known like Matt Pike, we've known for yeah. a, a very long time. And, uh, t- I think one of our first tours we ever did as big business was with high on fire. Yep. Um, he's practiced down the, down the room so, for me, uh, down the hallway. Oh, nice. Nice. 
So yeah, yeah, uh, we're really, really, really excited about that. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and it'll be great to see those guys every night. And I, I think it's going to be a, a super good time. And then after that, I think you've got another leg of uh, sort of like this this continuation uh, of, of the sort of the new record tour, right? Yeah, we had a. I mean, we had our headlining. The record comes out tomorrow. We had this headlining tour booked, and then after it was already booked the sleep thing came through. So we had obviously had to take that. So we kind of split our tour into two legs, West coast and East coast. So we're about to start the West coast one right now, sleep in the middle. And then we're going to continue on with the East coast leg of it, uh, after the sleep tour. So that should be, uh, in, in a, like, a August, September. And then we're hopefully going to be going to Europe and the UK in, uh, uh, October. Very cool. Yeah. So, so I, I know you're uh, you're pressed for time since you're you're I'm literally keeping you from the from starting the tour right now. So we'll go ahead and, <laughs> and uh, wrap it up. Right, but I, I played Time and Heat earlier. Uh, is there another song that you were thinking that you wanted to make sure people heard off the new record that kind of really lights your fire or that you want to? Uh... Um, I like the the totally different flavors, but I, I I like the more you know. Okay, is one, and and there's also the first song on the record. I think is is pretty ripping. And too. it's the more M O O R for right. Us. Ooh, yeah. ponder that. Ponder that, if you will. Yeah. Think about think yeah, about yeah. that as you write your thesis. <laughs> all right, man. Good uh, talking to you, Conan. Yeah, I always appreciate it, Cody, and uh, hope all the shows are fantastic. And I'll see you sooner rather than later. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy.
right, so we had a little Guns by Big Business off the quadruple single. We had History of Bad Men off of the Senile Animal record with the Melvins. Double drums by Cody Willis there. We had Idle Hands by Murder City Devils. Before that, Just As the Day Was Donnie, one of my favorite Big Business songs. Before that, we had uh, a, off the new one, off the Beast, the Beast You Are. We had uh, The More You Know, M-O-O-R. We had Abdominal Snowman, too, back there as well. Anyway, get the new record. Uh, the Beast You Are, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, if you like the stuff that you're hearing, you will also probably like that record. Get it at Joyful Noise, Joyful Noise Recordings, uh, Big Business, Big Big Business.bandcamp.com. All the normal places that you go to find things, your local record store, I guess. Your lo- your, they'll go to your local Spotify, I suppose. That's what people do. A lot of people like that. Joyful Noise Recordings.com. Are we going? Go to your local internet. This thing on. Oh, I'd like to thank my guest Cody Willis from the band Big Business. Catch Big Business all throughout this great land of ours with sleep and without over the next couple months. He's Cody Drums on Twitter. I know that. Big Big Biz on Instagram and Twitter, I believe. They're on Facebook. They got a website. I'm not even sure last time they updated it, but it's fine. Who's looking at websites other than me? The name of the show is Kona Neutron's Protonic Reversal, and thank you for listening to it. Signing off, Mr. and Mrs. America. It airs Radio Nope. 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 6 Mountain, 5 Pacific, RadioNope.com. Say yes to Nope. RadioNeutron.com for the archives. I've got 50, available watts. where your finer podcasts are also available. And the less fine ones as well. I want to ionize the air. Live listeners, we've got... Music on with music off coming up after this rock block, this and uh, he's got turns what is sound it? Into electricity. I'm not sure. I remember what it is? Can you hear me? <laughs> it's sure, it's sure to be awesome. <laughs> Out on Route 128. And as always, Tony. catch you later. I got my radio on. Can you hear me?
If you're the fifth caller Or any caller at all Welcome to my top ten I'd like to thank our sponsor, but we haven't got a sponsor, not if you were the last man on earth, she was prepared to prove it, this one goes out to a special girl. If there's no one there to receive It's the end of radio As we come to the close of our broadcast day
emergency. Uh.